We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week on Special Edition, we're going to find out about what the state is doing in order to deal with the opioid crisis. WVIA-TV, along with other Pennsylvania public media, have put together a program that will be airing locally later this month. Chris Norton will be here to give us the details. Also joining us today, Mike Toludo. He's the public safety officer with PennDOT District 4. Mike has some good reminders, especially now that we're heading back to school and school buses are on the roads, not only for back to school, but also for for after-school activities as well. Mike also has some reminders for keeping the little ones safe while they're being transported as well. Some free car seat safety checks have been scheduled. We'll give you those dates too. But first, we'd like to introduce you to Barb Chandra. She is the president and co-founder of Paint Pittston Pink. It's going to be starting up later this month and go into October. They have so many different activities. Well, you'll just also have to check them out on their Facebook page. But let's get the details from Barb right now. Barb, I'm a little disappointed today. Why is that? You're not wearing pink. I, you know, I have so much pink in my closet, I just didn't pull anything out today. So why is pink so important to Barb? Pink is important to me. I'm a seven-year breast cancer survivor. Yay! Yay! And uh, this organization was started seven years ago. Um, our main goal is to bring the community together to help support research for cancer. Now, you are involved in painting Pittston Pink. Yes, Love I those am. plosives, all <laughs> those peas that were popping this today. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how it all got started. So it got started seven years ago. Um, our main goal was to sell awareness flags to line the main street in Pittston, uh, which then turned into a 5K race, a silent auction. Uh, it just became a lot bigger than we ever thought that it would become. The city really embraced the cause. Um, our first year, our goal was to raise $50,000. After everything was said and done, we did raise $50,000, 30 of which were donated to the University of Pennsylvania. So this year, um, it's gotten a little bit bigger every year. Our goal this year is to raise $100,000 and donate all of that. So All of it? All of it. Um, awesome. Last year, we were able to raise and donate $90,000. So it does get a little bit bigger every year. Well, I would hope so, because you are expanding. We You're, are. <laughs> it's not just Pittston Pink Week, or it's almost Pittston Pink, what, month? 
<laughs> yes, actually, pretty much. Um, our events start on September 20th and go until October 5th. And we try to incorporate something for everybody, um, something for just adults where we have celebrity bartending nights um, to something for kids where we have a 5K race and family fun walk. So all throughout those couple of weeks, there's a little bit going on for everyone. Well, let's start at the top. What do what do you start off with on September 20th? On September 20th, we have a new event this year called Dueling Pianos. Uh, we have a group coming in from State College. That night is being held in memory of Lisa Jones Kutra, who passed away a few months ago. And all of the proceeds from that event uh, will be going to set up our own fund, the Paint Pittston Pink Fund at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, dueling pianos? Dueling pianos, just the way that it sounds. Oh, so they're <laughs> going to bring their own pianos. They are. They're bringing their own pianos, and it'll be a really, really fun night. And um, where is this? That's at the Knights of Columbus in Pittston. Okay. Now, does anybody, for any of the things that we talk about here, do people have to have tickets in advance? Can they get them at the door? So um, a little bit of both. Uh, some of the events are ticketed, and you would go to www.raceroster.com and search for Pittston PA, and all of our ticketed events come up on that website. The rest of them... You would just show up, and we ask that you make a donation at the door. Okay, so that starts on the 20th. That starts on the 20th. Then what? Um, we have a, a couple of uh, events that we're trying to work out the kinks um, in between up until the next event, uh, which would be Thursday, September 26th, and that's sponsored by the Greater Pittston Chamber. It's called Meet Your Match. It's a bachelor and bachelorette auction. No way. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've been involved in those eons ago. So what we, a blast. We did that two years ago, and it was very well received. So um, the chamber has been kind enough to do that again for us. Oh, are you still looking for volunteers? We're always looking for volunteers. <laughs> We never turn away volunteers. <laughs> so right there, I want to stop you and say, in case anyone hears about anything we're talking about, would like to attend, would like to volunteer, just like more information, you have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Um, we're still working on our website. We've been working on that for a few years because we are an all-volunteer organization. Um, we all have jobs and we all have kids, so um, things take a little while to uh, to iron out, but if anybody is looking for more information, um, we do have a Facebook page. Um, on the Facebook page, we have phone numbers and email addresses. So please reach out to us and we would be happy to provide more information. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm blown away by the, <laughs> by the whole idea of the, uh, the, the bachelor, bachelorette <laughs> thing. That's, that's awesome. So what comes up after the 26th? Um, after the 26th, on September 27th, we have a lantern launch um, on Pittston's Riverfront Park. Um, it's a really nice night. Um, we also pre uh, present some community awards. Um, that's followed by, uh, we have a festival of life the next day. We call it Give a Pint, Get a Pint, and that's being held in honor of Greg Policare and Brian Musto. So uh, we have it set up as a, fam a family friendly event and it's also a blood drive. It's just important that we give back to the community too. And what will happen there family friendly? Um, we, have, we have food, we have music, uh, we're planning a pet parade. Um, there's also going to be um, a poker run later that day that will end at uh, Susquehanna Brewing Company. Um, 
The day after that, we have a purse and cash bingo being held, which is always very popular. Yeah. Wow. So you've just taken us from the 20th to the 28th. Yes. And I think there was one day that you get to sleep in. There's no sleeping in. No sleeping in. (laughs) Like I said, we all have little kids, so there's really no sleeping in ever. Now, those are some of the other activities, but then you mentioned that you also have a 5K? We do. So all of our events end with, uh, it's called the Color Me Pink 5K and Gentleman's Dash. And the Gentleman's Dash has become the most popular event of Paint Pittston Pink. Um, This year we have 12 guys Uh, competing against each other and I I use that term loosely because all of the money is going to the same place but the guys really get involved Um, there are 12 men that will be wearing uh, high heels and racing down Main Street in Pittston who picks the shoes I can't tell you that. Oh, do they know what they're wearing beforehand? Uh, We usually give them a couple days notice so they could practice in their heels. (laughs) Oh, Beth, I I can't even, I can't even. Do you have any stories from past races? It's it's really, um, it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a a ton of fun to watch. Um, Even if you're not participating in the run or the walk, we encourage people to come out just to watch because it is, it's just a feel good event. We try to keep everything really upbeat and positive. So that's all part of October 5th? That's all part of October 5th. What time does that start? Um, The day begins at 9 a.m. with a mass at St. John the Evangelist in Pittston. Um, People could still register for the race at the YMCA. The, uh, the 5K begins at 11 o'clock, and then the Gentleman's Dash follows right after. And then what after that? You can't tell me that's the end of the day. Um, it's not. We <laughs> actually have, um, new this year, we have a pink truck with some business logos on it, and we're calling that event Hammer Out Cancer. So you could take your chance to actually hit a truck with a hammer. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's that going to be held? That will also be held in downtown Pittston, and then um, that's that's the end of the events. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the end of a lot of events, Beth. A truck. Oh, my. Yes. So it does, is that the culmination then, October 5th? So, so that's it. Um, October 5th. Um, like that's not enough. That's uh, that ties it up. The night before, on October 4th, we have a celebrity bartending night at the Red Mill in Pittston, which is also a, a really fun time. That is, now, you said in the very beginning of our our discussion today that you're the founder. I'm, I'm the co-founder, the yes. The co-founder of this. Yes. Um, myself and my friend, Kiana Lehman, um, when we approached the city a couple of years ago, Uh, It really just took off, and Kiana helped in forming this as a 501c3 organization. So we we founded this organization together. Go back then. Tell us, what was the first like? It it really just exceeded our expectations. One day? It was three days. Three days. Um, We we wanted to just do a flag sale to line Main Street in Pittston, and then we said, let's do a, a 5K, um, n- not realizing how much is involved in everything. But um, we have a 20-member a committee that uh, everybody is just very passionate about helping this cause. And now it's gone to two I, weeks? <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, like we just try to 
uh, to find something for everybody. It's important for us to keep the community involved, and we love seeing kids involved. There's always some little fundraisers going on on the side with the kids' schools, um, kids just raising money on their own, so it's it's really special. And you also do actually paint some pink in Pittston. We do. Um, the Pittston Area Art Club that's headed by Judy Greenwald, they come in every year and they do a wonderful job really pinking everything out for us. So where will we see pink and when will we start seeing pink so in Pittston? You'll start seeing pink uh, the week of September 20th. I believe um, everything should start around September 16th. Um, Mayo Striping comes in and they put a pink line down the main street and uh, little by little you'll start seeing the businesses uh, pinking themselves out. (laughs) (laughs) I I just I'm fascinated Uh by the fact that you have so many activities that are just so different but again the whole idea behind this is. So the whole idea is we raise money specifically for cancer research. Any type of cancer. Uh, specifically immunotherapy, uh, where you, you treat your own body, you teach your own body how to fight cancer cells. So this was all started um, for a physician in Philadelphia that's now practicing in Florida. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to become a member of his clinical trial. But that's why this organization was formed. When we started looking at some other organizations, we just didn't like the high cost salaries of some of the CEOs, which is why we are an all-volunteer organization. So um, 100% of our profits are donated directly to cancer research at both Penn and the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. And your own experience, is that kind of what sparked it? Yes, it is. Um, I I went through um, a a double mastectomy, chemotherapy, radiation, and I was fortunate to qualify for this clinical trial, which harvests uh, my white blood cells and teaches them to attack any new or lingering cancer cells. So when I saw the results of the trial, there's just not enough funding that goes directly to research, and that's why this was formed. So not only are people able to raise money, but they're also able to get some firsthand information? Absolutely. Um, And that's a lot of what we do. Community outreach is really important, community education. So we've been lucky to give lectures at different places, and we speak with people all of the time and provide any information that they're looking for. Um, Our hope is that uh, if we just spread the word to one person, we're helping to save a life. And people have the opportunity then to paint Pittston pink, not only during this time, but you're available all year round. All year round, yes. And how would they get in touch with you? The best way to reach me, um, my email address is pppbarb at gmail.com. All right. And as as far as the activities are concerned, just give us a quick overview. Where When does it start? When does it end? And how can people fill in the gaps of information? So we start on Friday, September 20th and end on Saturday, October 5th. You could check out our Facebook page, Paint Pittston Pink, um, our Instagram page, which is also Paint Pittston Pink, or raceroster.com and search for Pittston PA. And duh, I just got PPP barb. <laughs> now I know why it's that. Paint Pittston Pink is a little too long to put in an email address, so we shortened it up a little bit. 
the sixth annual Paint Pittston Pink Fundraisers will be starting off on Friday, September 20th. You can check out their Facebook page as well as Instagram, or you can also go to raceroster.com and find out more about all the activities that will be taking place. Don't forget, if you'd like to find more, check out their Facebook page, their Instagram, or you can also visit them at their Paint Pittston Pink location, 133 South Main Street in Pittston. And Barb's email address again is pppbarb at gmail.com. Now, don't go away. We're going to talk with Chris Norton about an upcoming program on WVIA-TV about the opioid crisis that's happening across the state when we return on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Battling Opioids, it's a project of seven Pennsylvania of public media stations. Pennsylvania has had one of the highest opioid overdose death rates in the nation. Thankfully, the numbers are starting to come down, but there is still plenty that has to be done, including erasing stigma. That's why Pennsylvania public media began awareness to the opioid crisis. The seven Pennsylvania public media stations, including our own local WVIA-TV, have been together on two previous programs, and now they're getting ready to unveil their third. That will be coming up later this month on September 26th, Battling Opioids Part 3. We're going to hear now from Chris Norton. Chris is the Senior Vice President for Community Engagement at VIA Public Media. He's going to give us a preview of the program and also give us some more information about Pennsylvania Public Media and the role they're playing in trying to alleviate the opioid crisis across the Commonwealth. The project is called Battling Opioids, and it's a project of Pennsylvania Public Media. Here in northeastern Pennsylvania, VIA Public Media has radio and television and web services serving northeastern Pennsylvania. But there's also a station in Erie, and there's also a station in Pittsburgh, and there's a station in State College, and in the Lehigh Valley, and in Philadelphia, and in Harrisburg. And all seven Pennsylvania Public Media stations decided to work together a couple of years ago when this opioid crisis seem to be getting totally out of hand. The governor declared a disaster. It's really a serious thing. Pennsylvania is one of the highest opioid addiction rates in the nation. Mm -hmm. And we are working together as public media all around the state to try to turn the tide, to fight the uh, stigma that goes along with addiction, and to focus on stories of recovery and, um, and, and, and just the battle to get through addiction, to try to save lives <laughs> and improve improve the state of health in Pennsylvania. So for a couple of years now, we've been taking this on, working together to highlight stories from all around the state about the problem, the, the crisis in addiction, opioid addiction, and various solutions. Where, where is their hope? Where are their recovery stories and success stories to tell? This is the third major television event. That's why we call it Battling Opioids Part Three. It started 
about a year ago, and, there, and this is the third one. And in this one, there will be a whole series of stories, different angles of opioid addiction, and then a panel discussion featuring uh, some important state people who bring a state perspective to what can be done, representing Pennsylvania's Department of Health and State Senator Gene Yaw, who is a leader in the state on fighting uh, opioid addiction. It's all September 26th on VIA-TV, and a lot of these stories can be found and additional information on the website battlingopioids.org. You're bringing everything from the state here to Pittston. How do you coordinate that with all the other stations? Over the years, the last couple of years, there have been a series of conference calls and meetings among the Pennsylvania public media stations, and they've said, here's what's going on in our region, here's what we're aware of, here's a new recovery center that's just opened in Wilkes-Barre, the WBI will take the lead of, of telling that story, uh, and we'll be in touch with the state legislators and the State Department of Health to say, what are the new developments, what are the new statistics? We'll gather that information, and then we'll decide, how about you do a story on this, and we in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, will do a story on that, and you in Pittsburgh do a story on that, and then we choose the best of those and put them into this television broadcast. The more difficult thing to coordinate is getting um, the head honchos who have uh, information to tell into Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, into the studio. But this is the third time now we've done a panel discussion at the VIA studio in Pittston with, um, in this case, Ray Barashansky. He's the Deputy Secretary of Health Preparedness and Community Protection for the Pennsylvania Department of Health. And also Deputy Secretary Ellen Domenico, who talks a lot about the helpline that the state has set up and what are the various resources available. Um, and they all come together at uh, WVIA and we do a panel discussion. When it airs, does it air on all the stations at the same time? Good point. It is, in fact, common carriage among all of the Pennsylvania public media stations. They may not all have it at the same hour, but we're all targeting Thursday, uh, September 26th. In the case of VIA, it'll be on at 8 p.m., and most of the others will be carrying it at that same time or within a few hours of that. Uh, it's also available on streaming. It'll be repeated. The individual stories of it will be available at battlingopioids.org, so you can go on and check out. And also you can go now and see all the different stories that have happened in Parts 1 and Part 2 over the last 12 years. There's really a lot of good information that we've been able to put out through this partnership of Pennsylvania Public Media. And in this one, you're mentioning stories. Who is involved in the actual put-together of the local part of it here? It's the production teams and the content people at each of these stations around Pennsylvania. In our case, the effort is led by Ben Payavis, who's the chief content officer at VIA Public Media, and his team will talk about what, we, what we're aware of. WVIA actually also is kind of the headquarters for the, the outreach for the state. We have two staffers whose job it is to monitor the news on battling opioids, put it out on social media. We've developed a podcast with latest information about opioids. That's all available at battlingopioids.org. And we appear at events with booths and information handouts, uh, all to try to raise the awareness and fight the uh, stigma of opioid addiction. And as far as the face of the program? Uh, Paula Giacomo, familiar for many years in northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, from WNEP, and she's the host of our, our Call the Doctor program, and she is the host of this program, too. So you'll probably hear her uh, in even in today's interview. We'll hear her introducing some of the different guests in the program. But the stories that we're featuring this time are about Vivitrol, which is a once-a-month injection that helps those with opioid addiction 
um, but it's it's an, proving to be an effective alternative to some of the other treatments like methadone and suboxone, but it's not yet widely available. And this story looks at using Vivitrol, particularly in rural communities, and so much of Pennsylvania, so much of northeastern Pennsylvania is rural community that doesn't have great access to recovery centers, but this is how mobile use can get Vivitrol out into these communities, so there's a whole story on that. And one on music and art therapy, which is being used at a number of places, including the New Roots Recovery Center, Luzerne County's Recovery Center, newly opened in downtown Wilkes-Barre. And, um, that's the one we have yeah, that we're going to play a, right now. Sure, why don't we check that out? Music and art therapy are alternative forms of treatment that are now being used in recovery. These treatments have been used to decrease symptoms of anxiety and repair damage caused by emotional trauma. New Roots Recovery Center provides hope and support to individuals with a substance use disorder. My experience with my recovery, when you're in active addiction, you, you often go through the shame and you know the stigma of being an addict, you know, getting looked at in a negative fashion. And what I hope to do here at the Recovery Support Center, and especially with my art wellness group, is to kind of break that stigma and bring a community together. The arts and music program, I believe that, you know, I tell people all the time that there might be some skills and some activities that they are good at, but they're not honing those skills while they're in active addiction. They might be good at art, they might be good at music, they might be good at crafts. It's something I discovered when I entered recovery that I was really good at art. So now today, you know, I'm able to pass that along to others. New Roots Recovery Support Center in Luzerne County, when we started thinking about the project and what we were going to do to create a hub of resources for people in recovery in our community, we really noticed how much the arts, painting and uh, drawing and writing and music um, were a part of people's recovery plans. So we actively designed a program that would bring that right to our center. And it was, it was amazing when we started reaching out that immediately people with talents um, stepped up to the plate and said, really, I'd like to do this. I'd like to come in and help with an, an art therapy class, or um, I would like to come in and you know play some music and things like that. And it really is a beneficial way to teach people um, how to relax, how to cope, and how to spend their time. It's different in, in the fact that it's run by certified recovery specialists who have had substance use disorder. We know what you're going through. We know how it's been. Um, it, we keep you busy. We can talk to you, help you with everything you need to get to make you part of life, part of your own, what, your own future of what you wanted. We have our music meditation, which is very holistic for um, healing, for letting go of yourself, for being able to be out of yourself for a little while. Uh, we also have Healing Through Music with Rob, which is actually an amazing class. Um, it's used by with percussions to let out feelings, to let out your emotions. You end up all coming around in one group. And once again, you're outside of yourself. You're thinking about something else. If the members don't want to take their artwork home and hang it up, we might be looking to hang it up here somewhere in the center so that you know people could view it and it could be a part of the center. Recovery starts with a call. Call 1-800-662-HELP or visit battlingopioids.org. What's the official title of the show again, It's called Chris? Battling Opioids Part 3, uh, and it airs on September 26th on VIA-TV, 8 p.m. Many of these stories 
from the previous parts about the opioid addiction crisis in Pennsylvania can be seen online at battlingopioids.org. There's also a podcast there that we've recently started uh, at VIA on behalf of the whole state that keeps up up to date on more stories and the latest information. When you get these officials, do you find that they are receptive to come on? Oh, absolutely. I think they really appreciate the effort. First of all, there are many media efforts to try to fight this opioid addiction. Intercom has been involved in that as well. You're a leader in that. We are particularly proud that the Pennsylvania public media stations are all working together on this process. And this is now our third major television effort. But we also use radio. We use website. We use social media. We use this podcast that we developed. There are many ways we reach out to try to get information out and fight this. Uh, Ray Baraszanski is the Deputy Secretary for Health Preparedness and Community Protection at the Pennsylvania Department of Health, and he's a panelist on this Battling Opioids program, and Paula asks him what he's trying to get out of this outreach effort. Secretary Baraszanski, in closing, what would you like to see improve, change, within the state as we combat this crisis? Well, obviously, I'd like to see our overdose death rate go down even further. Um, yes, we had an 18% drop, but we ha still have a lot of work to do. I'd like to see us strengthen our relationships with counties and with other stakeholders so that we can get even more people on board. I'd like for the command center to hear about some of the initiatives and other in initiatives that are really uh, delivering results across the Commonwealth on a more consistent basis, but also working hand in hand with the legislature to make sure that our goals are one and the same and we're getting things done or that we continue to get things done. And once again, we're hearing more from the opioid program that's going nice of you to be able to give us a little bit of a, a sneak preview of all of these things. And you also talk about, which I didn't know really existed, a hotline? Yeah, there is a hotline that the state set up to try to get later information out. And we've been promoting that in all of our outreach promotion. And in fact, the Deputy Secretary Ellen Denmanico, uh, one of the things she does as a panelist on this program is explain what services are available through the state. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the um, the hop hotline is an opportunity for all of Pennsylvanians to be able to access treatment from an efficient um, and easy manner. And so what folks can do with the hotline is they call the 1-800-662-HELP number and that is the first step in terms of accessing both information and resources to get them to the right kinds of treatment at the right point in their lives. You know, interestingly, it seems like there has already been some effect, not just from what public media has done, but for what the whole state, the emphasis the whole state has put on fighting this, that it looks like the overdose death rate has started to back down a little bit. It had peaked and for several years in a row is running at an alarmingly high rate in Pennsylvania. The more information gets out, the more local organizations, local counties get together and put out, put efforts to um, to fight overdose abuse. But it's not a problem that's going to go away quickly. This is not a short-run, quick-fix kind of thing. This is a long-run education and lifestyle changing. Uh, even an individual person who's, who's suffering from substance disorder abuse, like that may take years, even when they dedicated to get clean. It may try, have to try several different kinds of treatments, and it may be several relapses, but and the biggest in thing many is times the, it takes years. The stigma, yeah, because it's not who we think it is. It's not who we think it is. It's also not what we think it exactly. is. Exactly. We're learning a whole lot more about brain chemistry now that indicates that some people respond completely differently to the littlest bit of these kind of addictive drugs. 
for many people, it started fairly innocently. I got to have pain relief because I just had surgery or I was in an accident or something like that. Wisdom teeth. (laughs) It can be wisdom teeth. It can Mm -hmm. be a kidney stone. It can be, and it can start fairly innocently. And it's going to take a long struggle to try to get this under control. But it looks like we're starting to make progress in Pennsylvania. That's good news. So where and when, again, is this going to air? September 26th, 8 p.m. on VIA-TV. Many people still call us Channel 44. That's fine, as long as you find it. Uh, You can go online and see these stories and many more sources of information on the opioids crisis at our website, battlingopioids.org. And I just reiterate, VIA, your public television station in Northeast Pennsylvania, has taken the lead in the state in assembling these stories and doing the production and and taping the panel presentation that you're going to see on the 26th. But it is a joint effort of all seven Pennsylvania public media stations. That's why we call it Battling Opioids, a project of Pennsylvania public media. Thanks again to Chris Norton, the Senior Vice President for Community Engagement at VIA Public Media, for joining us today on Special Edition and giving us a preview of their upcoming presentation, Battling Opioids. If you'd like to listen to Battling Opioids podcasts, you can visit battlingopioids.org slash podcasts. And of course, if you'd like to find out more, you can always call the Pennsylvania Helpline at 1-800-5662-HELP. And make sure you mark it on your calendar for Thursday, September 26th. That is the debut of Battling Opioids Part 3 on the Pennsylvania public media stations, including WVIA-TV. Now, don't go away. There's more special edition to come, and we're going to head on the bus with Mike Toludo. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now it's time to call on Mike Toludo. He's the safety press officer for PennDOT District 4. Mike has great information on all things safety, whether it's crossing the street, whether it's traveling on the roadways, or whether it's keeping the little ones safe in their car seat. He'll be talking about that and more, and we'll start... Let's get into school bus safety. Well, there's all aspects of school bus safety. There's the kids on the bus, getting on and off the bus. There's the pickup part of it where the, the, bus pi- the bus picks up the student in the morning. And then there's also the drop-off at the schools. I recommend that if you, if you don't have to be in the, if you're not going um, to be in the school area, try to avoid the school area, number one. Stay away. Right. But if you see a school bus and you're on your way to work, you want to follow the rules. You know, when the sign is pulled out, you have to stop. And if you pass a school bus with the sign off, the uh, police may catch you or... Uh, you may get a fine. Mm-hmm. And the fine uh, right now is $250 plus points on your license. You have the whole divided highway thing. In the So if you have a school bus that's going one way, they have that median almost in the middle of the road. Right. Does that mean if you're going in the other direction because you're on the other side, you have to stop? Oh, I'm pretty sure you have to. You don't have to stop on the other okay. side. But what you do is if, if you're behind the bus... And they pull the sign out. You have to stop. So that's that's um, one thing I'm, I'm aware of. The other question is, when we're talking about school buses, there are some school buses, but they're not school buses. 
they carry students, and you see the big signs on them that say school students. Should you use the same common sense even if they don't have the arm that comes up with the stop sign? Well, I, I would always be do, use the same theory. Not, always stop behind the bus. So then, like, you're 10 feet behind the bus stop because you don't want, you don't want to hit a student or you don't want to cause a crash. I, I always play it safe mm-hmm. and stay on that. And say, stop when the bus, if you see a school bus dropping off a student. I just want to promote safety and make sure that the driver out there is aware of the school bus. One of the things, and I know we kind of talked about this before we even began chatting, was the idea of the, the seat belts. Is that becoming more prevalent when we talk about well, school buses? As of now, there isn't. Some buses have them. It's not a law. So some state reps, as far as I know, are trying to get uh, seatbelts on school buses. So it, it is a discussion that's been going on, and um, I'm pretty sure that the Head Start buses do have seatbelts okay. because they're, what they're doing is now they're going to train people how to properly install child safety passenger seats for the Head Start buses. Oh, so there is a, a training program that's going to be coming uh, coming about for um, how to put the proper child safety passenger seat on a, on a Head Start bus. I know you're with PennDOT, so obviously you're talking about the motorist aspect of it, of everything. Yeah. But the students, the parents, they all have a responsibility, too, when it comes to safe travels on the school bus. What would you say that children, parents need to also consider, even just waiting at the bus stop? Here are some tips. Um, parents... Should school bus five minutes early, so you don't have to run across the road to catch the bus. So you should get there early. That's one thing. Uh, when when waiting for a bus, always stay away from traffic. Line up at least five giant steps away from the curve oh, I like or that. the roadway, <laughs> so that you're waiting for the bus. So sometimes you'll see, like even if I'm driving my niece to school, you'll see kids waiting on the bus. They'll all cluster together. At least just don't run out in traffic. Right. You know, stay together in a group. And the and a lot of parents, you you see a lot of parents wait with their kids mm-hmm. so which is good so i hope the parents would take the responsibility to make sure their kids don't step out on the five platform. giant steps i like that right never run after the school bus so uh-huh. don't run okay never push when getting on and off the school bus and you know some kid you're in a hurry to get off so don't don't push your, your the fellow classmate in front of you to get off the bus i always walk at least 10 feet in front of the bus when crossing so that the school bus driver can see you and then wait and uh, wait until the school bus has stopped all traffic before stepping out into the road and when a school bus is moving, always stay in your seat, sit face forward, never put your head, arms, or hands out the window. That's so, and it's also the parents should tell their kids to behave on the bus. Most of all, overall, most kids are, are, are calm and sit, sit on the bus. They don't want to. I mean, they're all out of school. They're ner- they want to get home and all that. Just be relaxed. Yeah, just because again, that could be a distraction to the driver. Absolutely. And the driver has a big responsibility. One of the things that you did mention was the idea of crossing the street. I'm going to say the word texting to you. Be aware of your surroundings. Cross at the crosswalks and don't cross in the middle of the street. And always look both ways. Make sure you're not texting or have the headphones in. Again, be aware of the surroundings around you. You were saying that even the idea of making crosswalks different colors? Well, that is a suggestion. Now, at the University of Scranton, for example, which I'm aware of, they have a, a push button where it lights up on more. So if a driver is driving up Mulberry Street in Scranton past the University Student Center, they should uh, watch the um, crosswalks light up. So that means that the students push the button across. Mm-hmm. But now on our trail, when you're down on the trails, Lackawanna Heritage Valley has put the crosswalks in color. So down on Olive Street, there may be a green one 
over on Elm Street by the uh, crossing to go to the trail, there's a different color. And then over on Railroad Avenue, there's a different one. So, so there's different color crosswalks to make the driver aware that there, people will be crossing in those crosswalks. What about, and I know these guys have been around for a while, the, the little, um, they're almost like a little crossing guard, but they're an orange or green little guy that stands there with the flag. And you're supposed to, again, as a driver, say, he oh, is showing us a crossing a, that somebody might cross here. All right. That gives this driver a warning. And, you know, some people, some of the kids still don't take them, but mm-hmm. uh, most of all, they do very effective. Well, one of the things is, especially around schools, I know the colleges, uh, King's College in, in Wilkesbury has a area where you can cross from the college across the street, and yeah. it says, yield to pedestrians. Right. When you're driving and you get the guy behind you who's going, what are you going so slow for? And all of a sudden, five people coming. So those are becoming more common. Oh, absolutely. Um, when you see more people walking, uh, more people uh, out, uh, more cross areas and more traffic, you just got to look at for the pedestrian. And now that it's getting darker early, too, even if you're out at 6 o'clock, it may be dark or, or, or becoming dark. So you just got to be aware of the locations where pedestrians cross. This is a thing that uh, we found out. That if you live a block from the school, a mile from the school, you still have to put your child in the proper safety car seat. Uh, some they found out that just because you live a block away from the school, kid, kids <laughs> throw just them in. just throw them in and go to school. <laughs> so um, that has been an issue uh, where people, even if they live close to school, make sure you put your child in the proper um, child safety seat. Okay. But now car seats we're going to have uh, between September fifteenth and the twenty first is uh, is the National Car Seat Safety Week. So we'll be out doing car seat checks. So for people that want to get their car seat checked, there'll be a couple locations in the Wilkes-Barre area. And state police, uh, you can always make an appointment with the state police uh, for a car seat check because they have technicians. They're uh, educated, trained technicians that uh, properly could install your car seat. When you go for a car seat check, is it... At that point, you should... uh, follow the different type of seat for the type of child that you have. Okay, so where do you find that? Um, that's on our website, Penn.website. website. But like a newborn, you, you you look at the when you buy your car seat, you could look at like the certain thing for what age age group it is and weight limits. There's weight limits on them. There's um, booster seats for older. So there's different age categories too. So there's a whole list of age categories for uh, car seats. And that's changed, right? So I, I some... think under a certain age, you have to be in uh, face rear facing, right. Right, so all that. So you want to make sure you have the, the most recent information, and you can find that at these car seat checks. Checks, right. And the car seat checks will be in Hazleton on 13th of September, and, and that's going to be at the Walmart in Hazleton. The 19th is at Ken Pollock, and the other one is at 21 is at uh, Kosher Ford in Plains. We've got Hazleton at the Walmart. Right. We've got Ken Pollock in... Uh, right next door. <laughs> that's right next door here in Pittston Township. Okay. And then you're going to be at Kosha. Right. And, and that's in And place. then the state police in Scranton, Hazleton, uh, Wyoming do, do them also. And there may be one planned for McDade's Park. I'm not sure what the date is. Well, you'll let, let us know yes. and we'll let everybody else know. When people are uh, getting involved with the car seats then and they put them in themselves right no the goal is to make sure the, the seat is properly installed even um, they find out most of them aren't installed properly the technicians that go through a week-long training and then they have to be recertified every year and they learn how to install the car seats properly it's not like they're going to yell at you and give you no a ticket i mean and say you it's all here with your child in this seat it's all about making the child safe what other things are you involved with 
Mike, when you're uh, talking about all of the different safety concerns? Well, th- th- there's senior seniors. There's mm-hmm. a lot of programs. There's a car fit program for seniors where uh, periodically at the senior center, they do car fit checks. Car fit. Yeah, car fit. Well, they'll come and there's a 13 or 12 or 13 point checklist that they uh, make sure that you're properly, your your seat is adjusted properly. Uh, your mirrors are adjusted properly. I have all my ubs, you know. All the all the different things that you would normally look at and say, well, I, don't, I can see. No, this is also one thing too, is the blind spot. On the newer cars, they have that... The, the, we, a mirror to show the blind spot, but if you have an older car, sometimes you miss that blind spot. So you have to make sure your mirror is adjusted. And what's a good thing if your equipment to help you get out of the car? Yes. Handicap, like if you need a handicap to reach, if you're short and you can't reach the pedal, there's there's a handicap device for the pedal. There's a handicap uh, for a bolt if you can't get out of the car, if you have trouble getting car. If your seatbelt needs to be adjusted properly, so there's extensions for seatbelts and there's um, safety um, tools for seatbelts. And then um, there's also cushions to put on your seat if you have trouble getting, you're not high enough or trouble getting out also. Yeah. So there is devices available for seniors seniors to aid them in the in the car so that's right. anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to oh yeah also too know? on the senior thing is also um the medication they take that's another issue that you don't want to make sure you could drive under the influence of, of not alcohol but medication right so we do discuss that with seniors also in october it'll be national teen driving week we'll be out there talking to teens um, we have some really good advocates uh for safety we have a woman uh that she became an advocate after she lost her son so she goes out to schools and talks about ad- aggressive and distracted driving. Mm. So, and, and when she goes to the schools, the kids listen. Because it can never happen to me. Right. So, right. And, um, there's, so there's a lot of good things going on for um, teen driving, for parents to take courses. There's a lot of material available. Everything's available for you from the PennDOT website, website which is? PennDOT.gov. Yeah. Okay. Once again, a big thank you to Mike Toludo, Safety Press Officer for PennDOT District 4, for joining us today on Special Edition. Don't forget, those car seat safety checks are coming up. One on Friday, September 13th from 10 a.m. until 1 at the Walmart Supercenter on Airport Road in Hazel Township. There's also one coming up the following Friday, September 20th from 10.30 until 1 at the Pittston Library on Broad Street in Pittston. And the third one will be held Saturday, October 5th at the Lehman Jackson Elementary School on Market Street in Dallas, and that will be from 10 until 1. So just some reminders, keep those kids safe and get those car seat safety checks in before everyone heads out to all the fun this upcoming fall season. And speaking of heading out, there is still time this weekend to visit the Wall That Heals. It's currently at the Huber Stadium on the campus of Wyoming Valley West High School in Plymouth. It's going to continue to be there until 3 o'clock this Sunday afternoon. It's open 24 hours a day and it's free to the public. The Wall is a smaller version of the complete wall that is in 
Washington, D.C., the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall. There are opportunities for you to learn more while you're there, as well as take pictures or rubbings of names off the wall. Again, it's the wall that heals. It's currently at the Wyoming Valley West High School campus in Plymouth at Huber Stadium, and it's open 24 hours a day through Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. How do you give hope to a child in the foster care system? It starts with your heart. That tug you feel on yours when you hear that children are waiting for a stable, loving voice to speak up for their best interests. And then it becomes your time. What started out as a feeling that maybe you could make a difference becomes the difference. Change a child's story. There is a child waiting for a volunteer like you. Learn how you can help at LackawannaCountyCasa.org. Is someone you love abusing opioid medications? It may not be easy to tell, especially in the early stages of addiction. Perhaps you've noticed changes in your loved one's moods or behavior. People who are addicted to opioids may still hold down jobs and other responsibilities, maintaining the appearance of stability at work and home. Recovery starts with a call. Call 1-800-662-HELP or visit battlingopioids.org. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.